0: Hello, hello, and welcome back to our podcast. Thanks for being here. Thanks for taking time to, you know, click on a link or see our podcast logo or trust a friend, family member, someone had told you about it or somehow you found out about it. So thank you for taking a step to go further and actually click on it. If you're listening to this episode, you may have heard other episodes before. Hopefully you'll like it and you're here yet for another episode of uh, insights or uh, stimulation, right? Inspiration um, to potentially shift your perspective around ADHD. It's one of the hardest perspectives to shift because it's become so normal. The word when people say, when they talk about ADHD, it's just so much a thing. It's The thing that you have, and if you've heard, you've heard me say this before, if you've listened to past episodes where I talk about, is it a real thing? And you know, this is not an episode about that, but I just want to give you a quick recap because it's important when we dive into this episode about safe and effective when it comes to medications for ADHD. It's important to know that ADHD was made up and not like a conspiracy, like made up by the pharmaceutical companies to sell drugs. Yeah. They benefit from it. They don't mind it. They don't want it to go away for sure, but I'm not talking about a conspiracy here, I'm talking about made up as in a label, a name, the name had to be made up just like when a car company names a new car, you know, they have to look at what's not taken. A lot of them are taken, come up with a cool name, trademark it, right? Make it legal, own it and it's made up. And then that's the car. So when, when I say to someone, Hey, do you have a Prius? They don't actually have a Prius. They have a car that was named a Prius. And it's very important to make that distinction because a Prius didn't exist before a Prius existed. It's not like we found it in the ground and it said Prius on it and we're like, oh, that must be a Prius, right? And it's the same for ADHD. Now with ADHD, it's even more obvious that it's made up because it's based on behavioral symptoms. Actually, it's just behaviors. We call it symptoms because the medical profession likes to use that term, right? Or psychology, it's, it's a symptom. And then when you have enough symptoms that we declare again, declare means a bunch of people who we sort of trusted to be the top experts then say, if you have these seven symptoms or these four symptoms, now it's a disorder. Cause if you just had one, eh, probably not, but if you have this amount. Right? It's a defined amount of symptoms. Then you have this thing called a disorder. But it still doesn't mean you have it like a tumor in your brain, right? There's certain medical tests, there's like blood tests, there's certain tests where you can define a, a, a true disease, like a, a, a tumor or cancer or something, right? But you can't do that with ADHD because it's a mental disorder, it's a psychological disease or disorder. So there are no medical tests for it. Some claim there are, but there's not. There's no valid medical tests. So that's what we mean by you can't just have it. It's more like you have certain behaviors that are said to be this disorder. So we always say, as our disclaimer, the struggle is real. We're not saying anyone's you know, a person who says I have ADHD, their struggles are real, no doubt. Because A, it's real for them. And B, you know, we can see the behavior if we were a fly on the wall. So the struggles are real, but the label is made up. And again, there doesn't have to be an emotional charge behind that word made up. It's not like a conspiracy. It's just made up. We made it up. We had to make it up. We had to create it. So the struggles are real, the labels made up. I just wanted to throw that in there before we dive into today's episode. So today's episode, I wanted to entitle safe and effective, and that term's going to sound very familiar to most of you listening, because that is a slogan that here in the United States is associated currently with the COVID-19 vaccines. And this is not about COVID-19, by the way. I'm just using that as a sort of comparison. This is again about ADHD medication, stimulant drugs. Some people even hate when I use the word drugs, but they're drugs. They're Schedule 2. The Drug Enforcement Agency, if you go to their website, the government website lists ADHD drugs as Schedule 2 drugs along cocaine and meth. It's a fact. Some people say they're called medications, not drugs. No, they're drugs. But yes, they're medications. So when I hear safe and effective, you know, as a face value, if you're a person who believes in what the government says or what big pharma says or what, you know, medicine or psychology or any what I call big institution with power says then you can do one of two things. You can say to yourself, that must be true. Or you may say to yourself, I'm not sure if I believe that. And you may do more research. The problem is the same people that say it's safe and effective are going to be at the top of your Google searches when you do research. Unless you use other search engines like DuckDuckGo, Bing, um, Ecosia, I think, is another one. So unless you go somewhere else, your top results of your search engine will be by the same people. And I don't mean physically, literally the same person, but it's the same organizations, the same companies that are telling you it's safe and effective. Because if anyone questions it, it's already deemed as misinformation. And that's a little concerning to me and here's why because if you have two choices to either say that must be true or huh i'm not sure if i believe that maybe you say i'm not sure if i believe that yet i need more information right smart thing to do you go do the research but ultimately it is such a heap of confusion that you're left with in the end because there are just as many people pro something as there are against something especially when you dig deeper. And so in the end, what it all boils down to is your level of trust. At some point, you got to have a tipping point in your own inner trust bucket where you say, okay, I think I know enough and I feel like I can trust this statement or I can trust this agency or this organization or this person, right? In the end, you have to make the choice and I call it a choice, not a decision. Cause a choice is something very definite where you, you've looked at all the information, but you, you got to choose. And sometimes we choose something, even if we are a little queasy in the stomach and we're like, ah, it's kind of 50, 50, but okay, here I go choose, right? That's a choice. A decision is just sort of like looking at the data and then killing off one of the alternatives. And then you decide to go one way, uh, a choice that we make when it comes to drugs, especially for our children should be a very, not only well-informed choice to listen to both sides of the debate, but it should be a very, very well trusted choice, trusted from our own internal guidance system you hear me say this a lot because in the end, when you have all the information, you still have to make the choice. It's still up to you. And at some point you have to trust yourself because if you don't trust yourself, it comes down to you trusting an external source. And that's what I want to talk about here, because when we hear safe and effective, we have to consider where that statement is coming from because first of all, let's look at the word safe. What does it mean? I mean, we could split atoms here and we don't have time. And I don't want to go too deep into the rabbit hole of splitting atoms on just one word, but what does the word safe mean to you and what does the word safe mean to the person saying it, right? We'd have to look at when a government agency says, this is safe. What do they actually mean? Because here's the definition um, of the word safe, free from harm or risk, unhurt. Say that again, free from harm or risk. Now, I'm just going to jump to the point here, a strong point I want to make. And I'm using both COVID and ADHD because in both cases, it is already clear that by the definition of the word, they are not safe medications. Why? Neither of them, and now let's call one a vaccine and the other one a, a drug or medication. Neither of them... Are free of danger they all have a threshold there's cases of death and you know harmful side effects that are clearly documented so we can't really see it's free of danger or injury right undamaged or unhurt because there's evidence that that's not true so we really have to take it face value when we say to someone this is safe because what we're saying to them is like, "You're not getting hurt." And nowadays, there's a little disclaimer. It's like, well, you're not getting hurt." And by the way, the side effects or the the ca- the cases where something bad happened, they're so small that you shouldn't worry about it. It's kind of like, look, you're you're playing Russian roulette, but the chamber of this revolver uh, has like a thousand spots and there's only one bullet, right? You'll be fine. Don't worry about it. So that's the word safe. Again, when we say to our parents that for their children, these medications are safe and effective, they're free from danger of injury, undamaged or unhurt, right? So that's, that's, the word safe for you, um, if we look up the word effective, it's like having an intended or expected effect or producing a strong impression or response, right? So we could say, we could argue that these medications, in the case of ADHD, they are effective because it seems like when we give children these medications, they suddenly focus at school and they get better grades. So are they effective in other areas? Are they really addressing, you know, the real issue? Are they long lasting? Are they going to give us the effect ultimately what we want, which is to produce healthy functional children out in the world. And this one, The safe is easy. That's a, that's a, just a blatant lie. You know, that's, that's an omission. It's a manipulation to use the word safe in the case of a COVID-19 vaccine or an ADHD stimulant drug that is omission or manipulation. Clearly I've just proven it just on paper. We could look at, we could go look at the research studies and trust me, it would be very clear that they're not safe. We could say fairly safe for the most part, safe 90% or, you know, whatever the numbers are 85% safe. Now that's fair. That's really telling us, you know, we're not saying it's hundred percent safe, but when people hear safe and effective, all they hear is safe. Nothing's going to happen. And they're going to weigh it against their fear of death and go, well, I mean, I'd rather be safe than die. So yeah, I'm, I'm in, right? That's in the case of COVID. In the case of ADHD, it's like, well, I'd rather have my son get through school and have a good life than not. So, and they say it's safe. That's a no brainer, right? And the effective part in the case of ADHD stimulant drugs, uh, is, is clearly an academic benefit. It benefits at school. Now, a lot of parents report that at home things are calmer, they're less stressed, their children are calmer. Although that's not entirely true because I spent a lot of time in, um, you know, ADHD support Facebook groups where parents are constantly complaining that they wish the medications last longer and that when their son or daughter comes home, they give them another medication and then they have to give them a medication to sleep because with uh, Adderall or Ritalin or many of these drugs, kids can't sleep. And so, so there, there you have it, you know. Is it effective? Well, to a degree, Again, if we would say it's fairly safe and effective in certain areas, that's different than saying this is safe and effective, right? That becomes a a marketing and advertising slogan. Because you know, a lot of slogans are short for a reason, because they're slogans. But if you really uh, took a scalpel and kind of split the atom and sliced away what's really there, uh, it would be a lot more, there would be a lot more to think about and for us to question, for us to go, well, maybe I want to know some more research. Maybe I want to wait a little bit, right? So let's go back to trust. So now that you know, and you can look this up, I've done a lot of research on both, especially on ADHD medications, but also uh, recently uh, on, on the COVID vaccines. And I'm no expert. I'm a parent doing research. But one thing is clear to me, and that's, to me, that's, it's almost a truth. And yet I'm open that maybe it's not the full truth, but hear me out. In order for someone to choose medicating their child or themselves, or to choose a vaccine over not getting vaccinated, that choice has to be, has to be backed up by personal trust. And when I say personal trust, it could also be a full lack of trust. I call it a blind trust. And that's still trust. You still are throwing your hat over the fence. You're still at some point saying, yes, hit me in the arm or yes, give me the pills, right? Or yes, I'm giving my son the first pill. That has to, there has to be a trust or some kind of blind trust. And there can still be fear of like, am I doing the right thing? but you're throwing the hat over the fence. So you have to trust something. You might be trusting God. You might be trusting the nurse that's giving you the vaccine, or you might be trusting your neighbor who said, you know what, my son is fine with Ritalin. There's no side effects, right? You have to have some form of trust. Now the question is, the question is, where is that trust coming from? And is it enough for you to put your life in danger? Because I'm I'm just going to tell you right now, both with the vaccine and the ADHD stimulant drugs, people have died. People have had adverse reactions. I have personal friends on both ends, ADHD and COVID vaccines on both ends, that have lost people. People have gotten paralyzed, crazy side effects to the degree where you go, okay, if that's the Russian roulette and there's a thousand chambers and just one bullet. I'm still not sure that I trust, you know, that, that I want to have that one in a thousand chances or whatever the number is. Don't quote me on this number. I'm using it as a, as an example that I'm going to go ahead and pull the trigger. I don't trust that. And here's what, I, this is what I, what I've been saying all along is like the best trust obviously is not blind trust, the best trust or the most important trust to make these life-changing decisions is trust that's generated from your internal guidance system. And that, unfortunately, is really hard to get in touch with when we spend a lot of time watching the news or being distracted by life and trust me, there's a lot, of dis- there are a lot of distractions in life that keep us from staying still, from being quiet, from meditating, from praying, from listening to our own internal guidance system, that if we have honed it or calibrated well enough over time, will tell us what we can trust or not trust. And so I hear a lot of people yelling, shouting from the rooftops that they have now the study that proves that this is not true or their scientist is bigger than my scientist. You know, that sort of battle, there is never a good outcome in that. Because even if you present the clearest study to someone in charge who's been saying the opposite, it's not just about facts. People's careers are at stake. People's political involvements are at stake. People's finances are at stake. There's a lot that is at stake. So it's not as easy as to say, I have the study and they have, you know, who has the better study? In the end, unless you're involved in politics or you're involved in one of those big corporations where you make these big decisions, if you're just a citizen trying to live a fulfilled life, you have to at some point trust your internal guidance system. Your gut feeling is another name for it. There is no way around it. Because if we put our trust, our blind trust, into the corporations or the government agencies or the people that tell us something is safe and effective when it's not, and I've just proven it very simply by the definition, it's not. And I know, and I'm not going to mention names, there's been certain uh, authority figures uh, out there currently being questioned on these vaccines. And the same happens in the ADHD world. And they're actually avoiding answering the questions. And they're dancing around the fact that they're using, they're basically reinventing meanings of words. Well, we can't do that. Because if we do that, then... We're completely missing the point. Then it's like me saying, you know, if I did something illegal and, and, and the judge says, like, uh, is what you did illegal? And I go, well, my definition of illegal is that unless uh, the person that, you know, and I come up with a whole new definition. And in the end, I say, so therefore, no, I under oath will say this, this was not illegal. Well, the judge would be like, uh, fuck you. You don't get to redefine a definition of a word, but that's what these people right now are doing out there. In the case of COVID-19 and ADHD, very similar, very much an overlap. Why is that? Oh, pharmaceutical companies are involved. Got it. So they're redefining what safe means for us. In the future from now on, when someone will say, is this safe? the unspoken answer when, when they say yes is yes, because the threshold of people who got hurt is only 2%, right? But that's not, that's not actually answering the question. Because if we say, is it safe? The definition of safe again is free from danger or injury, undamaged or unhurt free starts with the word free. This is many of the dictionaries that we respect. Say the same thing. Merriam-Webster dictionary. You can look up other ones. First word, free from. Doesn't mean mostly free from. That's not the first word. I'm splitting these atoms for you because it's important to know that if we believe authorities, when they use these slogans, what we're doing is we're laying, we're give, we're, we're putting our trust into their hands to say, I believe that your threshold is low enough so that most likely me or my child is not gonna get hurt. Well, the key word here is threshold. Because if you really think about it, in the case of COVID-19, let's flip it around. When we first heard people say, well, the numbers of people actually dying who didn't have any um, pre-existing conditions, people who just died, from COVID itself, was so low, 0.0017 at the beginning. These people were ridiculed, deplatformed, because they were not telling the truth. The number wasn't that low, but it's still damn low for a global pandemic. It's higher than the flu, I get it, but it's still damn low. And so that's a threshold, right? So they're using a threshold in both directions. They're saying, if, even if only 2% of the population die, we need to mandate vaccines. But on the other hand, they say, well, only 20% of people had adverse reactions and people died. So it's still safe. Do you see how they're, they're setting the threshold on both ends and the same happens for ADHD medications. There have been so many studies disproving that ADHD medications are safe and effective. Now, if you're a parent who says, I'm okay with my son's or daughter's ADHD medication being mostly free of danger and in one area effective or a few areas effective. If you're okay with that, then it's fine. There's no issue. I always say, we're not anti-medication. I've taken medication before. I've tested my sons or the uh, ADHD medications that, that our doctor said we should give them. I've tested them. I've taken them. I know experts I've interviewed who take Adderall or a little bit of a half a tablet when they need to do their taxes. Look, this is not an anti-medication. Medication as a utility has a, as, as a functional way to heal certain suffering for human beings. absolutely great inventions, right? Amazing. What I have an issue with is exactly with statements like safe and effective. When we try to get people to take something, and in the case of COVID-19, it seems like now it's almost going to be an involuntary, like you have to. It's no longer your body. We're telling you what to put in there. Well, in that case, I would say that we have to look at the words, safe and effective. And if that's not true, we have to question further. And so I wanted to make this episode to really dig into this and really say, dear parents of children with ADHD, don't take these slogans as the ultimate truth. When your doctor says, don't worry, they're safe and effective, dig deeper. Look for other studies. Ask parents. Listen to some of the, the podcast recordings we have on our podcast. Uh, it's a series called Turned Out, like Kelly Turned Out. But what did Kelly have to go through when on medication to get there, right? What are the side effects some of our uh, parents talk about when they share what they went through with their children on medication? We can't just say, oh, those are probably not true or they're quacks or... They're just angry or they're lying. That's not true. I know many people I've talked to. They're not lying. I've talked to their kids. It's what happened. And you have to just know that this might happen to your child. I'm not saying it will, but we can't take safe and effective for its face value because it's not, it's just not. And so ending this episode, I just want to know you get to make that call. You choose. You know, you're at the f- fork in the road. You choose if you go left or right. But don't let anyone tell you there is only left. There's no right. Don't believe the right. The right, they're all, they're all crazy. They're all anti something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're anti something, not because they don't believe it, it could work. It's how these medications have been sold to the public that were anti. I'm not anti-vaccines myself, for example. I'm just anti-testing a vaccine in 6 months and then saying it's safe and effective and not knowing the long-term effects. It's taken, you know, medications like Ritalin and Adderall 30 years, you know, to wait 30 years to see some of the long-term effects. It's 30 years. So that's really what we're saying. If you're at the fork in the road and you have to go left or right, Inform yourself on both sides. What's the left? What's the right? And I don't mean this politically. Look at both. And when you hear someone say safe and effective, say, okay, I get, that's what you feel, send me a study. Where do you take this information from? Why is this? There's, there's no danger in this. Well, there's some danger. Okay. So it's not safe. You know, start to question things. Cause that's the only way we're going to get somewhere. So I hope this inspired you to do your own research, to dig deeper, and to really listen to your internal guidance system, to wait until you feel like you can trust, because you have to trust at some point when someone says it's safe and effective. And I'd rather you not use blind trust, because that is external, that is saying, I don't really trust, but I'm going to trust that the external sources that are telling me this is true, that that's really true. That's blind trust. There has to be an internal guidance system generated trust that we make the big life decisions with because only then can we find fulfillment. That's what I believe in. Thank you for listening to our podcast and Keep listening to, we have more great interviews coming. Uh, Dr. Stephen Porges, the inventor of the polyvagal theory. This episode should be out this weekend. I just interviewed uh, ADHD advocate, Katie Weber, that should be out next week and many, many, many more to come. We hope you enjoyed this. Please share it with people that you feel could benefit from this. Mainly we're here to change perspectives. We're not doctors, medical experts. We're just parents looking out, you know, for the best for, for our child, for our son, Kai, who woke us up to this seven years ago. And we're so glad he did because it was such an incomplete narrative, so incomplete. And yet we're sold only one narrative, one side of the narrative, excuse me. And we're said, we're told that that is the truth and that everything else that's questioning is anti or quack. And when you listen to some of the experts on my podcast, you will hear the authenticity, the commitment that they have, nothing to gain from them. Sure. They all have books. Most of them have books. Would they like to sell a a copy of their book? Of course they got to live, but really there's nothing. There's no pharma, no money from pharmaceutical companies that are thrown at them to preach the gospel like they do on the other side. So really. Really ask yourself, who do I believe? Not because of the loudest bullhorn and the most search results on Google, but who seems trustworthy and who seems authentic here? And then listen to those people and let it sink in. That's all we're saying. Hey, have an amazing day. Have an amazing life. Until next time.